independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Hello, happy Friday. Art Hogan, chief market strategist, the muckety mucks out there, talks about stuff that has to do with the market. Because the market's everywhere, Chad. It's up, it's down, it's down. I can't take it no more. I don't, don't even know what it is. Think about this. Target and Walmart lost how much of their value? Oh, yeah, it's a lot. Target still is a struggle when you go into some stores. Walmart, because I predominantly go to Walmart because I live in the Valley of Dirt People, and we prefer Walmart. And uh, so Walmart, there are still plenty of bare shelves. And it's hit or miss on what you get. It really is in a lot of places. They got some things they're stacked up, totally fine with. Other things, not so much. Not so much. But Ark Hogan talks about this right here. And I would like to dispute this. We may be able to avoid that, but uh, it's certainly understandable. I think we're at a, a point of, of a couple of peaks. And I think one of those peaks is inflation. And I think the other peak is pessimism. Uh, eh, I don't think we're at the peak of inflation. Do you? He's talking about recession. Is there going to be a recession this year? Is there going to be a recession this year? Potential for that really is predicated on how aggressively the Fed has to slam on the brakes. And that's probably into 2023. So, you know, by the middle of 23, I think that the risk of, an infl- uh, of a recession is higher. I just don't think it's going to happen this year. So what about $6 gas? That's a real possibility. I hate to say it. Don't want to be a bearer of bad news, but I'm going to be. Oh, yeah, $6 gas, real possibility. No, yes, no, yes. Are you yes. Like to think no, but there's a good possibility. And what did I tell you guys yesterday and continue to tell you? Don't just look at gas, your gas. You go fill your gas tank up, you're looking at it, you think, ah, look at diesel when you see it. Because remember that diesel is how our goods get places. And diesel prices are through the roof. A good majority of our goods come through the Port of Los Angeles. California has highest gas prices. Diesel prices are through the roof. And let's not, and this is something I want you guys to understand, don't forget that California also, uh uh-oh, yes, has special things that they ask truck drivers to put on their vehicles that cost them more money. Oh, yeah. Gas prices? So to think that this is a a a, a double dip, whatever the hell you want to call it, like this is all this is going to be, it's a little and that pessimism, I don't think we've begun to feel the pessimism. And again, gas prices. Drivers are hoping someone can pump the brakes on rising gas prices as experts sound the alarm about a possible summer surge on the way. It's crazy. It's crazy. Let's just keep going up. Analysts with J.P. Morgan Chase are now predicting $6 a gallon gas by August. That would be a 30% increase from the current national average. What? $6 gas changes a lot of things. $6 here in Phoenix is probably 7 dollars in California. 
probably eight and a half or nine dollars for diesel. Oh my lord! Oh my Lanta! Yes. You don't think there'll be pessimism? People paying six dollars for gas is going to be sticker shock. And I continue to talk about this. And if you live in New York or Chicago, maybe bits of San Francisco, but by and large, those places, gas isn't the same kind of issue it is for the rest of the country. I drive 120 miles a day round trip. The average family right now is spending $5,000 a year on gas. An extra like $2,500. You take that and you throw in inflation. To say that I think that we've hit a peak and that there's not really a recession until middle to end of next year. What? What? Yeah. And these poor taxi drivers. First of all, Uber came along and kicked their ass. That was right after Lyft came along and kicked their ass. Then all of a sudden, gas? Taxi drivers say they're desperate for relief. We don't fill up once a week. We fill up every day. With Americans struggling, the House approved legislation yesterday to crack down on alleged price gouging by oil companies. The bill would allow President Biden to declare an energy emergency and make it unlawful to increase fuel prices in an excessive manner. The bill now heads to the Senate. That's great. So what exactly does that mean? I'm just curious. You can't make an unlawful profit? Well, if you're making a few dollars on a gallon of gas at a gas station, that's not, you know. People ask serious questions. You go and look what they make per gallon, gas station owners. Because you're not talking about, uh, remember, you're, you're not, you're not going to be able to, to legislate away an open market like NYMEX, which is the oil and gas. You're not going to be able to legislate that away. So then you're talking about what? Gas station owners. Okay. So you go talk about gas station owners. What, what is an unlawful profit to them? Is it 12 cents a gallon? Is it 2 cents a gallon? What are you going to decide? Out of curiosity. And remember, the lagging prices are very interesting because people don't understand that. Like My gas has gone down uh, prices this week. Monday, they were at 479 and they've dropped down today. I paid uh, 440 But I know because oil prices are up that they're buying stuff today. And they're paying more for oil than they did two, three weeks ago. So I'm feeling those prices from two or three weeks ago, I know that oil's going to go, because oil's gone up over this time, I'm going to pay for it in a week or two. That's going to catch up. Falls like a, you know, right, right, right? Falls like a rock. It falls like a feather. That's how prices fall. So I don't think we're there yet. And the Democrats understand that. The Democrats are frustrated. They're looking around. They've got a ton of issues. They said yesterday, those mean Republicans, they didn't vote for, for this thing to crush the, the, you know, the evil doers of, of profit. Uh, there was a lot of issues. I saw yesterday, you know, oh, they didn't, they didn't vote. To, to spend how much money on the baby formula nightmare? Curious? 
On the baby formula situation, there are some critics now saying, listen, this is too little, too late. Uh, almost total incompetence. Uh, they misjudged this from the beginning. It's not a matter of money. The FDA has a $6 billion budget. They could certainly take care of the so-called appropriation in the House that they just passed at $28 million. Bureaucratic incompetence. The administration was behind the curve. FDA needs to step up their game and hopefully we'll solve this problem very quickly. Yeah. Let's put blame where blame is due. You don't yell at the Republicans for this. You saw this coming. You were warned about this. People, even in the Democratic Party, said, why are you so slow to react to this? You knew what was coming. Because that's what this president's administration has been about. If you're the president of the United States, and let's let's be, you know, if we can be straightforward and honest here, which most people don't want to be especially in my business right they want to pick a side they want to just give the score of their team and nothing else he was saddled with crap i don't blame the the crap that happened to donald trump when it came to COVID. you can't blame him for that the reactions out of it the politics of it i blame both sides because everybody got into the politics of it all biden came in and he wasn't dealt the best hand he wasn't The difference is what makes great leaders great is being able to foresee the issues that are coming, react to those issues correctly. If it's not working, pivot and adapt. He is slow to reaction. His reaction, when it finally comes, is usually piss poor and wrong. And then after that, there isn't much of a reaction. If, if this was, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys, there was a movie with William H. Macy came out about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. It might have been longer. It was called The Cooler. If you don't know what that is, The Cooler is somebody who casinos and places would hire that uh, if somebody's really hot at a game, this was back in the day, they would send The Cooler over to get into the game because The Cooler, A, isn't very good at gambling, if you will, and B, he's going to cool the table down. Because he's going to make all the wrong moves and screw everything up. That's kind of what I look at Biden. Not the greatest hand in the world, but rather than do something with it and figure something out and adapt, he's just laying his bad cards on the table and saying, well, I'm going to go all in when it's too late. Knowing everybody else has a better hand than him, still, and that's the frustration. More money's not going to fix this. More money's not going to fix this. The FDA knew what was going to happen. And now they have Operation Fly Milk or whatever the hell it's called. My God. They still need just a person that's purely devoted to coming up with names. Operation something or other, that's my job. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Shows, your Twitter. A lot of stuff to get to today, including Gordon Chang, maybe the preeminent voice when it comes to what's going on in China. He's going to join the program. We're going to talk about what is going on in China, from COVID to the economy to Xi's power to the Russia-Ukraine invasion. Has this made China think twice about the potential of evading Taiwan and Mike Lyons will join the program later on today as well. Talk about Ukraine itself. 323 538 2423 at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter. Car Shield. 
24-7 roadside assistance, a rental car for free while your car's in said shop. And the shop is the shop that you choose. One of the inflationary pressures, what are they? Anyone? Anyone? Used car prices. Your car is very, very valuable. But also, if it breaks, you have no warranty, and it's very, very expensive to fix nowadays. Getting it into a shop is one thing. Getting the parts, and let alone getting the parts, the labor's gone through the roof. So what do you do? You get car shield. You get all the things I talk about, which is amazing. So your car breaks down. You call them. They take it to the shop you want. They get them paid directly. They handle all of the stuff. From all of the stuff, all you do is pay a small deductible. They'll even get you a rental car for free. Right now, you can lock in your pricing forever with CarShield and save 10%. Go to carshield.com slash Benson. That's carshield.com slash Benson. As long as you keep the plan, and the plans are very, very cheap, you will continue to receive the same price. carshield.com slash Benson. carshield.com slash Benson. A deductible may apply. Chad Benson Show. Podcasts are American as hot dogs, apple pie, football, and sushi. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, my goodness. No. Okay, maybe not sushi. Next time you have a craving for something sweet and tangy, download a Chad Benson Show podcast. Ooh, boy. That is good. It's different because you get a little bit of saltiness. It's so good because it's sweet and salty at the same time. Get a taste on iTunes, iHeart, or Spotify and binge to your ears content. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. I don't think it's really going to run rampant in a, uh, as opposed to smallpox, which is highly, highly transmissible. Dr. Chin Hong right there talking about what? Yes, the monkey pox. <laughs> we have two cases here now, potentially. Well, I know we got one for sure. Could we have two cases of the pox? The monkey pox. That is crazy. It's gross, by the way. It is. It's gross. How's it spread? Monkey pox is a virus that is spread through close person-to-person contact. Think hugging, sexual intimacy, possibly very close face-to-face contact through respiratory droplets. Possibly. Just possibly. Yeah. You got to really work to get this. This isn't something that's just, they're not handing the monkey pox out to just anybody. But what if? Is there a vaccine? There is an adapted vaccine for monkey pox. But the interesting thing is that if you've been vaccinated with smallpox, you get protection against monkey pox because it's really closely related. Oh, good. Thank goodness. I have no idea. I guess you're older. I don't even know when they stop vaccinating for smallpox. It's an interesting question. Because I'm sure, you know, I, I'm I'm sure I got things that my daughter and son didn't get. I'm 51. My son's 12. My daughter's three. I, I probably have stuff that they didn't get. And they probably get things that I didn't get when it comes to the shots. Speaking of shots, uh, we've got a COVID booster situation here for the old uh, uh, people out there who would like to get themselves their kids boosted the goal is not to prevent all infections but to prevent severe illness and the data that was shown was 
um, quite convincing. My children are older than this age cohort. However, if they were still in this age cohort, I would give my children this booster. Okay, that's great. Those are both doctors talking about that. Let's talk to a parent. To be honest, you know, miss, I don't want to keep bring my kid into that race. I would rather wait for it. I would rather uh, see how, how things go. <laughs> no. Parents aren't thrilled by this, not running around going, oh, thank God. Because they're looking at the numbers going, yeah, you know, the chances of you getting sick and dying from this are slim to none. It's worse for the flu for you than this. And no, you give it a hard pass. The numbers bear it out. I mean, hell, there's like, well, now you guys can get a booster. It's like, which kids got shots? My son got his shot because of his aunt who got double lung transplant a few years ago. But I don't think he would have got it otherwise. No. Especially if you're under the age of, I don't know, 50 and you're in relatively good health. But especially for kids. Come on now. Gordon Chang's going to join the program straight ahead. The Maybe the pre- uh, preeminent voice when it comes to China here in America. We're going to talk about China. Why is she so quiet? What's going on with COVID? Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. There is nobody in the business who knows more about China, the goings-on throughout Asia, than this guy. Uh, Gordon Chang joins us, of course, the author of The Coming Collapse of China, the great U.S.-China tech war. Uh, You can follow him at GordonGChang.com. And Gordon, our president is over there in Asia. We should feel safe that all is going to go well. Not exactly. Um, Two things about Biden's trip. One of them is the administration announced that really this is a trip to counter China. And and that's a good thing, because that's something we obviously need to do. But there's a subtext here, which is the second part of the trip, which the administration does not talk about and does not even want you to think about. You have some very nervous allies, partners uh, in Asia because of the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan and the failure of deterrence over Ukraine. And so this is meant to reassure um, both Seoul and Tokyo, and by extension the region, that the United States can demonstrate leadership. So far, though, there is real concern about the Biden White House on the other side of the Pacific. Well, yeah, there's a real concern here on this side of the Pacific as well. Uh, Gordon, let's talk about China first and foremost. Let's start there. Xi has been awfully quiet. Of course, this year, what they a lot of people thought he's going to be crowned as president for life. He's going to get his face on the Mount Rushmore of China next to Mao. And yet here we are. They're having issues financially. COVID and the zero policy is wearing on them. Is he in a good place still? I don't think so. Um, yeah, as you point out, he wants his third term as general secretary of the Communist Party, um, and that would be breaking precedent. And that would also mean that he'd eventually get uh, third term as president of the state as well. You know, 
If you go back to 2017 when everything was going China's way, then Xi Jinping looked like a lock on uh, a third term. But now it's not so clear. And the reason is he is considered to be responsible for everything. And everything is going, um, going down the tubes for China. And the Chinese people know it. And that means that the Communist Party is really nervous about Xi Jinping. And it's possible that he won't get his third term. We really don't know. It's a murky system. Um, but right now, I would say, yeah, maybe 55, 45, he gets his third term. Pretty close run thing, though. Talking to Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China, The Great U.S.-China uh, Tech War, the, the, the best voice of, of reason when it comes to understanding what's going on throughout Asia. So he, we, we, we look at them, you know, their zero COVID policy is not working. We're, they're backed up over there. People are getting frustrated. And I've always said this, Gordon, maybe I'm wrong. You take away people's freedom and you replace them with responsibility, like, you know, like a business, house, money, cars that they can they can focus on. It's one thing that can distract them. If they have no freedom and then you take away their financial freedom, well, then they got nothing to lose. You're absolutely right about that. And there's a discontent. There, there was obvious discontent in Shanghai when the city was locked down indefinitely. Um, but we've seen also this in Beijing right now as they're locking people down. And even before this most recent wave of COVID hit, there was a lot of unhappiness in Chinese society because of the reason you mentioned. The Chinese economy was really bad. This translated, for instance, into a very shaky property market. Property market's more important to the Chinese than it is to us. They have The wealthy have about 70% of their um, assets in property, and they treat apartments like uh, currency. It's a store of value. So when your store of value goes down or is threatened, Things get pretty um, angry. People get pretty angry about this. Yeah. And then he was it last year he started to kind of Maui, Maoist the, the economy as well, which put people's jobs in jeopardy. And people started, again, getting frustrated with you're starting to do what? You're taking away the, the jobs or you're, you're cracking down on that. And you started to see tech companies laying off people. And I think that's really started to alert the communist you know, party. Yes. You, you know, you put your finger on it. Um, Xi Jinping, first, first of all, he reveres Mao Zedong, the founder of the People's Republic, a real, real communist, a real monster. And Xi Jinping felt strong enough a few years ago to actually start attacking the tech companies and uh, going after private business in general, and of course, um, mowing down foreign business. So this really was a turning point uh, for China. And, you know, people really looked at this and said, no, this isn't working. But then you have the COVID-19 and there's something else, Chad, and that is there's worsening food shortages in China. So there's a very unhappy populace right now as they're facing multiple challenges. The Communist Party can hang on because it's so coercive. It's got a total surveillance state. But nonetheless, I'm sure that the top of the Communist Party right now, they're really nervous about their hold on power. His Olympics were, well, they were awful. Uh, and then he throws in with Russia. That, to me, I mean, I, I told everybody, look, Mao probably, I mean, not Mao, but Xi probably looked at Putin and go, I know you're going to invade. Don't do it till after my Olympics. And they, you know, they signed that paperwork. We're best friends. We'll support each other. 
I don't think that's going over well either because everybody's seeing, man, that Russia's been made a pariah. Do we really want to get in bed with these guys? Yes. That you're referring to that 5,000-word statement that was issued on February 4th, which is the first day of the Olympics. Um, there are no limits partnership. Um, Xi Jinping, according to the New York Times, got Vladimir Putin to postpone the invasion until the Olympics were over, which is a real sign of partnership, by the way. And by the way, it was also very good for Ukraine because it meant that the Russians were attacking full on in the mud season. Um, but the point here is that you've got China and Russia, they're forming in the new axis. Um, and uh, when we think about Russia, we should think about China as well, as well as vice versa. I look at them and I think to myself, look what Ukraine's doing to, to Russia. Ukraine is, is attacking Russia. I mean, Ukraine's being attacked by Russia, and they're thwarting pretty much most of the efforts. They're, they're defeating them left, right, and center pretty much everywhere in the battlefield. And most of that is civilians who've become soldiers. And, yes, they have some army, but that's a lot of it. I look over at Taiwan and the china's got to think well we can't go do that these guys have been preparing for years they didn't they weren't even listening to everybody over in ukraine if we attack them this is going to be a nightmare yeah and i think that the people in taiwan are rallying themselves because they can see that a small country which nobody gave any chance to is now prevailing over the big uh, former superpower so, yeah, people in Taiwan, they don't view themselves as Chinese. They view themselves overwhelmingly as Taiwanese, which means, yeah, of course, they want good relations with China. So does everybody. But the point is, the people there, they're not going to want to be invaded, and they're going to fight back. And by the way, Taiwan is much better territory to defend than Ukraine, which is a big, wide-open plain. Uh, Taiwan's got a beach. They got a, Chinese got to come across the water. And, by the way, most of Taiwan is mountainous, so it is perfect defender territory. What kind of military does China have? It has a, the world's largest military. That's always been true. It's now got a military which is modernizing. Um, it's got some weapons that are better than ours, and we have a lot of uh, American presidents to thank for that. Um, but uh, the problem is China doesn't have, I think, an effective military because uh, it's got uh, it's a, a communist army. It's got two lines of control, command. That never works. And also, they, they got a lot of new shiny weapons, but they probably can't maintain them. And they just never have operated a land-sea um, air operation. So this is, this is not a good military for them, in a sense, but they're going to use it. I mean... The signs we've had over the last week are that these guys want to go to war and they're going to do it pretty soon. So we've got to be deterring them. And Biden right now just does not understand the danger of uh, China posing to the United States, Taiwan and others. Talking to Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S. Tech War. Uh, follow him at uh, Gordon G. Chang. Uh, Biden's over there, and uh, as he's over there, he's going to, you know, Japan, South Korea. But there's a North Korea. They've got a COVID problem, and God only knows what that really looks like. But he's rattling his saber again, and he's, you know, testing left, right, and center. And that that country, again, is is so just... Weird is the best way to describe it. I always tell everybody, it's a cult. It's not a country. You're right. It is a cult. That, that is really perceptive. The Kim family, uh, starting with Kim Il-sung, who founded North Korea, 
it is a cult, um, and and people there believe the craziest things that the Kim family are gods, and that uh, the Kims can bend time and space, and you know they can do anything they want. Now, a- after three generations, um, Kim Jong Un, the current ruler, is not considered as godlike, but Kim Il Sung was considered to be god, and it that's a cult. This is Jamestown, only worse. Yeah, that's scary. That's scary. What's the impact uh, right now with all that's going on? You know, Biden's over there. He's shaking hands. He's glad and he's trying. You and I talked a little bit earlier. He's trying to reassure everybody. But the economic side of things, you know, China and us right now, whether we want to believe it or not, we're kind of somewhat tied at the hip uh, as we're trying to break away from some stuff. We still have tariffs. We're going to keep them. We're not going to keep them. I mean, I it's. I would like to get everybody out of there, but we know that's not going to happen uh, because, you know, Americans and capitalism, they love money. Yeah. Um, and Biden wants to lift the tariffs that President Trump imposed in 2018 under Section 301 of the Trade Act of 1974. Those tariffs should remain in place. They're meant to be a remedy for the theft of intellectual property. China's been stealing more uh, than it was in 2018. Um, so if Biden is going to lift those tariffs, then he needs to tell us how he's going to protect our IP, which means protecting our future. And so far, he hasn't done that. He has these crazy, Biden has these crazy notions of what causes inflation. We've seen this from the president's own tweets, which whether you like the president or not, his tweets are nonsensical from an economic point of view when, when he discusses economics. So he should keep the tariffs in place, and he should stop tweeting um, nonsensical things about the economy. Ha! You think he's going to stop tweeting nonsensical things? The, the, once people get Twitter, you know this, sometimes that's all that comes out of their mouth and their fingers. Come on, Gordon, let's let's be real here. Uh, last question. Love having you on. Again, people, this guy, follow him. If you want to learn about what's going on in China, what's going on throughout Asia, this is the voice here. Uh, you can follow me at Gordon G. Chang. Let's talk about a year from now. Where are we sitting when it comes to relations with China? Have we f- is is the non, you know, the COVID zero real? Is that going to stick in place? Or are we going to still be stuck in a hell of 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 broken supply chains and this weird relationship? The supply chains will be more broken than they are now because we're not feeling the full effects of what's going on in China. China's going to maintain a zero-COVID policy because Xi Jinping, um, that's his policy, and he can't allow adjustment of it. Um, You know, the Chinese officials would like to move away from it because they know that it doesn't work. But nonetheless, this is intensely political. And, you know, where the Chinese are with regard to Taiwan and other things, I'm really worried. We saw this reporting yesterday that the Communist Party is trying to sanction-proof its senior officials by having them divest their foreign assets. The only reason they would do that is because they're planning to go to war. Last question. I lied. That was not the last one. This one. If Xi is gone, who's his predecessor? Who's the person that's coming in that's going to take over for them? And is there a moderate that we could look out for? Or is there going to be somebody? Because you never know who's behind, right? The next one could be even worse. Yeah. Yeah. the next person probably could be worse. Um, or there could be nobody. And, and you could have the military come in and, and establish martial law. You know, in the Communist Party, there are so-called moderates like Li Ka-chung, the premier. Um, but, you know, they're, they're communists, and they believe in the destruction of the United States, all of them. So whether they're moderates or liberals or just out-and-out 
fanatics like Xi Jinping, they're all dangerous to the U.S., Gordon, love having you on, my man. Uh, follow him at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Uh, his books are amazing. And uh, you, uh, once again, bring bring sense and reality to what's going on over there. Appreciate you having on. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on. So thank you. Thank you. Gordon Chang right there. And if you guys missed any of that, grab the podcast. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter, C-H-A-D-P-E-N-S-O-N. MyPillow has everything you need at the BOGO. Buy one, get one free. Buy one, get one free extravaganza 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 the towels the sheets the my pillows the stow and go anywhere but do you get what i'm saying six day money back guarantees many case 10 year warranties everything's made right here in these here united states of america how do you get it simple go to mypillow.com slash benson it's mypillow.com slash benson see a full list of all of the bogos you buy one get one free my pillow products right there's a full list and everybody who orders something gets mike lindell's book absolutely free it's the bogo extravaganza going on out mypillow.com mypillow.com slash benson mypillow.com slash benson chad benson show Fear and white male privilege to me. I do often out myself verbally as a gender. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm proud to be a gender. Are you stupid? <laughs> Robin! What? Are you kidding me? Not a great way to use your white privilege. Some people get it, some people don't. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. You guys know I've got. Other things I do, business-wise, my uncle and I put together stuff, and uh, uh, my uncle is king nerd, right? Horror movies, sci-fi, all of that stuff. Like, biggest troll in the world, too, which is hilarious. Except he has a weakness. I laugh about it almost on a daily basis. I asked him yesterday, what are you doing? He says, Chad... It's Thursday night. I'm going to the movies. And I said, I knew you were. What are you going to see? It's been three long years since the last Downton Abbey movie, but the wait is over. Have you told them, Lady Grantham? She's told us nothing. Today, you'll learn everything with Downton Abbey, a new era, only in theaters, streaming this weekend. Chip! Dale? Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers is a Roger Rabbit-style revival of the early 90s TV show starring the voices of Andy Samberg and John Mulaney. Rosie Perez heads a bilingual ensemble cast in the Apple TV Plus murder mystery Now and Then. Peacock explores the mystery of the famous for being famous blonde bombshell Angeline, and HBO celebrates George Carlin with a new documentary. Downton Abbey. I have never seen a Downton Abbey, and I pride myself on that. I've also never seen a Game of Thrones. <laughs> for all the I love dragons, monsters, and Vikings, i never seen any of that either. Because everybody told me I had to see it. So then you know me, I'm like, no. And I just didn't, it was never, I just never had the time. I'll probably watch it one day. Not Down Abbey. I just find it hilarious that he, like, he's like, oh, Chad, you just don't understand. There was a whole season where basically the king was coming to lunch and the backstabbing of the staff and who could set her better place settings. And it, it, it was hilarious. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. Good for you. 323 538 2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Check out the program. If you miss any of the program and you miss especially that 
just a riveting and amazing interview with Gordon Chang talking about what's going on in China and Asia. There is nobody who gets it, I think, more than that guy and who understands the risk of what's happening over there. And uh, check out the podcast because it was I could talk to him for a long time about that. And I really wanted to get into something deeper about the intellectual property and the theft that China does, not just to us, but all of the world. And we just didn't have time. Uh, we'll probably have one again soon. Uh, check it out. Podcast. Jeff Benson, Jeff. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. It's the economy, stupid! It's always about the economy. Don't you ever forget that? All the other stuff that's there is, well, it's there, right? It's part of what makes up, like, when you go get a hamburger, I like hamburgers, so you're going to go with this, and you're going to like it. Okay? It's a method to the madness, people. It's a method to the madness. What matters? Well, I got a hamburger, right? It's it's the meat. The meat is the economy. Right? The meat is the economy. How's the burger how's the burger prepared? Well, it's seasoned. It's whatever whatever it is. That, that, that's your that's it. Then the bun, you got it over here, you put it right on top, and then you put it, you know, on the bottom, and you got your bun over here. Now what are you gonna put on it? Well, I like a little bit of this. Okay, you got a little bit of this. So, so the bun, let's start with the bun. So you got the meat and the bun. What is the bun? Well, the bun is investments. Kids, when it comes to, like, how you're voting, right? Education, uh, whatever that is, right? That's important to you. You're second and third. Doesn't matter. For some people, it's abortion. For other people, it's pro-life. For some people, it's climate change. Then you've got other things, right? Maybe it's crime. Okay. Well, then next after that is what? Well, for me, it's uh, it's 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 the political state of this country. I think we're going the wrong way. Oh, maybe that's a little bit of mayonnaise. I mean, it's a little bit and adds to the taste. Don't get me wrong. It's important. But still, the meat's the most important. And then, well, you know, throw a little lettuce on there maybe. Yeah, a little bit of lettuce. Just a little bit of lettuce. What's that? Well, for some people, it may be immigration. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's immigration. Still the most important thing is the meat. And then the little itty-bitty things that they ask you later on. So for you, it might be, uh, you know, LGBTQ2+, whatever letters they've added later on that I don't even know about at this point in time that I should know about. Maybe that's it. Maybe it is. And again, you can start just going down, uh, you know, voter issues, those kind of things. All of them. Now, for some people, their burger is different. 
It's not about the meat. The economy doesn't matter. They're vegetarian. So we know what what matters. The lettuce, the most important thing, climate change, whatever it is. Oh. But for 99% of the people, it's the economy. It's the burger. It's the meat that matters. Everything else is good. But if you got rid of the bun, still have the meat, I'm good. Oh, yeah. It's the economy, stupid. Our economy? Eh. It's there is maybe a good way to talk about. Because I don't think anybody really knows what's going on. The question people are asking is, recession time. Potential for that really is predicated on how aggressively the Fed has to slam on the brakes. And that's probably into 2023. So, you know, by the middle of 23, I think that the risk of, an, uh, of a recession is higher. I just don't think it's going to happen this year. I do. I don't think if, but when. But I've lived through how many recessions? I mean, recessions are a slowdown in the economy and they suck. But is it, they're bumps in the road. I mean, 2008, you know, now now I lived in California in 2008. While there was a recession and it hit certain places, the reality is, is, you know, I'm out here in Phoenix now. Arizona got crushed in the recession. Houses that were selling for $250,000, $300,000 were selling for $40,000. Houses that were being built stopped being built. It took them a decade plus to climb back out to where those houses were worth it. Now they're well past those. California, it's like, oh, my house was worth $1.4 million. It's only worth $1.3 million. And then two months later, it was back. Do I think we're going to have a 2008 recession? I don't think so. But Art Hogan, smart guy, right? You know, market capitalist, analyst guy, sits there, talks about all this stuff. He says this, and I don't think I, I, I agree with him. We may be able to avoid that, but uh, it's certainly understandable. I think we're at a, a point of, of a couple of peaks, and I think one of those peaks is inflation, and I think the other peak is pessimism. I don't think we're at the pessimism part, and I don't think we're at the peak part. I think inflation has, still has a way to go. And why is that? Simple. It's called gas. Drivers are hoping someone can pump the brakes on rising gas prices as experts sound the alarm about a possible summer surge on the way. It's crazy. It's crazy. Let's just keep going up. Analysts with J.P. Morgan Chase are now predicting $6 a gallon gas by August. That would be a 30% increase from the current national average. Yeah. $6. If you think pessimism is at an all-time high, throw $6 average across the country and tell me what it looks like at that point. If you think $6 is sitting at the, you know, is, well, we're pessimistic. It can't go any higher. Inflation can't go any higher. We've kind of peaked. We have not peaked. If we got to $6 a gallon nationwide, changes a lot of things. People are making decisions. You guys listening right now, you know, I know you guys are texting me every day. Text program, 323-538-2423. You're telling me this is what's going on. You're telling me where you're making changes. You're telling me about those things. You're letting me know, hey, guess what? I've got to do this or I've got to do that. I've had to get rid of this. I've had to get rid of that. 
I've had to do this. They can't afford to make ends meet on their fixed incomes anymore in this kind of inflationary environment. We're also starting to see people come back um, and work multiple jobs. Yeah. Spoke to a woman here yesterday uh, who was Hispanic woman, because I don't know if you guys have seen this, but uh, Biden's numbers with the Hispanic community are not very good. They went from 55 to 26. And one lady, because we asked who voted for Biden, we like to talk to you at our local show. And, and this lady, she calls in and she was that, hey, would you ever vote for him again? And she's like, she's like, hell no. So my husband's got to work three jobs. He's been wrong in everything he's done. No. No. People are looking for multiple jobs. People are. Remember the great resignation. We saw a million fewer multiple job holders last fall. Then as inflation continued to accelerate, we eroded at that and people started having to pick up another job in addition to their full-time job to make ends meet. Yeah. It is the economy, stupid. It is the burger patty. Or two all-beef patties if you've got two jobs. Special sauce, that's important. Lettuce, cheese. Those things that matter are important. But it's called a hamburger. The burger is what it's about. It's the economy, stupid. It's the economy. It's what's inside of the sandwich, the burger, whatever. Those are the things that make it. Everything else is just a holder for you. We all participate in the economy. I love when people say, no, I don't. How did you get here? I took an Uber. What do you think that's powered by? Hopes and wishes? No. Economy. What are you tweeting me on? A phone. But I don't participate in the economy. Where do you think that came from? How do you think it operates? Where do you think your money goes to keep that thing moving? The economy. Everybody participates in it. For some people, you will have single voter people who will be angered and outraged over abortion or their pro-life. And they'll only vote pro-life. Period. Case closed. End of story. But for the vast majority of people, especially people that are continually vote almost year in and year out in every kind of race you can think of from from midterms to primaries to 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 the presidency they're there and while those issues may be important and maybe at one time that was your thing you didn't care about the burger you're more of a vegan now though with everybody else around because you had to get a happy meal it's still about the burger Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Uh, Ukraine bottom of this hour. Mike Lyons, our uh, military experts, going to come on. We're going to talk about Erdogan and Turkey. Could they really block this? What does he really want when it comes to not you know? Hey, I can't allow uh, NATO to admit. Finland and, uh, you know, Sweden. Why? He's already done this once before, so he must want something. We'll have more on the <clears throat> monkeypox. Oh, yes, what's trending straight ahead? Rough Greens. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. 
Roughgreens.com slash Chad. You go there, what do you find? Well, you find the best of the best when it comes to canine Vita Smart from Rough Greens, which is what I give my dog Doodle. I was laughing at Doodle. I told my wife last night. He's laying on, like we had clothes came out of the, you know, the dryer. And there was all the, what are those called? The towels. They were warm. He climbs up there and he's passed out. And I just look at him, living his best little life. Thank you, Rough Greens. A little tongue sticking out. Why? Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. This incredible stuff that's a supplement. Put it on top of your dog's food. Boom. Your dog's food comes to life. Dr. Dennis Black put this together, a naturopathic doctor who has made this the most amazing thing for my dog, and I know to work for your dogs. If your dog struggle with any kind of ailments, aches, pains, low energy, you give them this, you watch the difference. Try it for free right now. Free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. Two-week jump starter. Go to ruffgreens.com slash chad, roughgreens.com slash chad to get a free bag of Rough Greens. It's the Chad Benson Show. I usually don't get into politics. As an ordinary suburban housewife, I feel a little disrespected. I teach my children not to name cars. You are a flabberman! A flabberman! Come on, man! Um, guys, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? Chad Benson. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Yeah, what does that mean? I mean something, right? Like it's trending on the old internet. What's trending? The internet, you say? Let's find out what's trending starting to Google land. PGA Championship started yesterday. Currently still in the clubhouse. Has yet to tee off for his second round as the young uh, Roy McIlroy. Five under. Roy's been great at round two, three, and four in the last several majors. He's been crappy in round one. Well, he is currently still in first place. A lot of controversy there, not just because of Phil Mickelson, because the price of food and beer in particular, we'll touch on that later. Vangelis has passed away. Producer Phil, you know who Vangelis is. Chariots of Fire. Seventy-nine-year-old famed film composer and synth pioneer passed away at age seventy-nine. Oh no way! Yeah, totally. Angeline. People are asking the question: Who the hell was this? As a kid, I asked that same question. You can find out on Paramount Plus. But this was a woman. We touched on it yesterday. Who built an empire of? mystery and fame by putting billboards up in the priciest place you could do that outside of Times Square, which was Los Angeles. And nobody really knew what she did. Just pictures of her. She drove around in a pink Corvette. My goodness. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. Head on over to Twitter. See what people are pissed and angry about right now. Everything is usually the answer. Everything. <sighs> Ghislaine Maxwell is trending. I don't know what she's done. Hunter Biden, by the way, if you're not following in the Hunter Biden thing, you're like, I don't really care about it. It's stupid. It doesn't matter. It's all lies. NBC went 
hardcore because they released 158,000 documents from Hunter Biden laptop. And NBC says, well, we're going to look through it. It was on an iCloud account. Uh, Documents released by Republicans on two Senate committees. And let's just say this. Lucy's got splendid to do. There's going to be issues. And if I'm Joe Biden and I see what's coming, which could be the red wave or whatever the hell you want to call it, right? There's going to be a lot of questions that are going to be asked. Like, how did a guy who was, well, Hunter in the throes of drug addiction and insanity bring in that much money? Hmm. That's a fair question. $11 million in five years. Why is it that a a partner in a law firm in L.A. paid his taxes off for him? There's a lot of weird questions that need to be answered. And I think it's it's absolutely fair to ask those questions. You should. The media wanted to talk about it when it came to Trump's kids and every right to do so. But to think and to think for a moment And I'm not saying that Joe Biden participated in this, but to think for one moment that, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I didn't know anything about it. You were lying. You were absolutely lying, President Biden. You knew things were going on. Did you know the extent? No, probably not. Did you humor him at times? I think more of it was that. But you had to have known there were some issues, not just the drug issues. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Speaking of the PGA Championships, we have issues. Well, I just can't load it. And uh, loading hurts. And pressing off it hurts. And uh, locking hurts. Um, and twisting hurts. Yeah, if you watched Tiger yesterday, there was no doubt that he was in a lot of pain. A lot of pain walking around. Uh, That was very much evident. He shot a four over yesterday, but uh, he was definitely struggling. So we'll see how he does. And if he plays uh, today, you know, you just don't know. But it it was definitely a struggle yesterday. Mike Lyons, our military analyst, is going to join us straight ahead, talk about what's going on over there in Mariupol in Ukraine. Chad Benson, Joe. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Russia escalating its devastating attacks in the Donbass region in the east. Severodonetsk has been relentlessly bombed for days. The attacks there leaving at least 12 dead and over 40 injured. President Zelensky saying the region's being destroyed. Calling it hell there. Yeah, hell is probably an understatement at this point. Joining us now, the guy's been with us from uh, the beginning of this. He is the military analyst that we turn to for all things because of the military he's retired 
from uh, Army Major and a uh, just a brilliant mind when it comes to what is going on over there, the understanding of it all. Mike Lyons joins us. And Mike, so Mariupol, they've stepped away from. Now there's another battle going on and the attacks are starting to escalate. It feels like that lull kind of seemed to be over. It, it is. And they've redeployed troops again. They still are trying to reorganize troops that have been literally mauled for the past couple of months. And I think they're not going to be very successful with that. But they still outnumber and outman the Ukraine military, still probably almost two to one, maybe three to one in certain areas, depending on what, the, you know, kind of looking at a map, what we're talking about. But they're converting back to the old World War II tactics of just absolutely bombing uh, with artillery, indirect fire, certain areas, uh, but not following it up with maneuver. So uh, we're seeing uh, the Ukraine military digging in in trenches. So they're fighting kind of World War One right now to protect themselves. Um, the question is, I'm seeing more indications, though, of Western equipment getting to the front. Uh, we saw, for example, videos from Dnepro, which is along the Dnepro River that runs from Kiev, um, artillery from the West, the M777 howitzers there. So that's a good sign. And I think uh, eventually it'll tip the balance. It'll at least allow them to keep an active defense. I'm not sure they can go on the offense just yet, but um, but Russia is doing what Russia does best, and that's just to pound and destroy what they can while they can. You know, you talk about uh, not ready for uh, the offense yet. Their defense has been pretty damn good, but we're going to eventually, probably sooner rather than later, actually see offense when it comes to uh, – you know, Zelensky and their military and their people uh, this week even talked about the fact that he just doesn't want to take back the South. He wants Crimea back. Mm -hmm. I know I saw that um, he might be for the first time a little over his skis here because Russia is still Russia and they still have tremendous amount of resources. He would need 50 to 100,000 men and soldiers uh, in order to do that. I don't know where they're coming from. Um, there's not a training site taking place in Poland or, or any other place that I know of that they're working with that large number of troops. Um, perhaps he can marshal some of those together, but that's going to take six or maybe 12 months to do something like that. And, you know, uh, you, know Pol uh, you know, Ukraine still is a big country, has resources, but Russia still has many more. So if, if he decides, let's say he does, let's say he comes up with 50,000 more troops for the Ukraine military. Well, Russia can match that they could triple it they could conscript more we know that he just putin just called a hundred thousand troops up this march and they will be quote unquote ready by august um so there's there's still a lot to go and you russia can still throw a lot of resources at this talking to my clients or military analysts we talk about what's going on mike i want you to listen to this and i'm sure you uh heard it the other night colonel on their big television station uh kind of just said hey we're screwed Let's not wave about rockets in Finland's direction. This just looks ridiculous. The biggest flaw in our military and political situation is that we are in total geopolitical solitude, and the whole world is against us, even if we don't want to admit it. And we need a way out of this situation. Uh, people were surprised. He got four minutes. Uh, you know, they're 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 you know they're sharp-looking, angry woman who was, and everybody else, pushed back against him, but they let him go on for a while, and he continued to go on. He talked about the fact that they're getting their butts kicked and their soldiers are dying uh, and that the world hates them and that these guys have a million soldiers. And they said, no, yeah. they don't have a million soldiers. Said, yes, they do, because every, basically, every human over there that's still there is a soldier. Mm -hmm. 
That was a shocking thing for a lot of people to hear, but I think that's kind of the reality of what they're looking at. Yeah, and it's that whole, you know, Cardi B song, I misunderstood the assignment because the next day he went on with the opposite. Um, He talked about the artillery battle there, and I'll come back to that in a second. But, uh, yeah, he said, you know, I guess that quiet part out loud again from the Russian military side, because I I know these general officers are sitting there saying to themselves, this is just not, which is not working. It's been almost three months. Uh, Our equipment stinks. Our soldiers don't want to fight. And and the, the equipment pours in from the West. And so they, they are there's there's nothing that they, they really can do. They were expected to have won this by now. Putin is going to start firing them. And next thing you know, they're going to start turning up missing. Uh, but the next day, Russian our, um, military and propaganda put out this uh, video of them attacking the M77 howitzers. And he went on and said that <clears throat> that's going to be their target. They're going to you know attack this equipment that's coming in that's not organic to Ukraine. But if you look at the video, they attack it with this drone, with this switchblade version of the drone that the Russia has. <clears throat> and it, um, you know, it's a six pound munition. It didn't even hit the target. And, and then it, they stitched together another video to try to say that they destroyed all the artillery. But that just wasn't the case. So so that guy got the message. The next day he went on TV, said the opposite. And hopefully that saves his family from winding up in a gulag someplace. <laughs> uh Pointing up, it's, it's it's true. I mean, it, you sit there because he, you like said he said the, the the quiet part out loud. Russian moms played a huge role in what took place in Afghanistan uh, when they just said after you know eight nine years, okay, our kids are coming home in body bags. Well, you can put that on steroids compared to what's happening in the Ukraine because they're coming home much quicker if they come home at all. People have to start noticing that their kids are dying. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, with, as long as Elon Musk keeps the Internet up there, you have Ukraine citizens running around taking pictures of the dead Russian soldiers that they've left behind in the battlefield. Again, I can't still get over that on any level and sending them back and getting them to Russia saying, hey, you want to know where your kid is? Well, here he is. He's splattered on the street here on the corner that the Russian military left him at uh, in the tank that, that the top got blown off because your equipment stinks. Um, and so, you know, that's where this is different. There's so many angles to what's going on and how this war is getting fought and how Ukraine has the upper hand in this. And, and that's the tipping point. The question is, he knows he can't mobilize. If he does mobilize, he's going to maybe throw this other hundred thousand troops in in August. That's why this is going to go on for another you know, six or eight months because of that. But after that, that's it. If he doesn't win at that point, if he tries to mobilize, I think Russia you know, has that internal combustion and, and maybe maybe Putin finally does get taken out. It's a, it's a little bit of a long wish and hope is not a method, but that's could happen. So speaking of Putin, he doesn't look well. I mean, stress is one thing, but he looks almost at times like a different human being, uh, that something is wrong with him. Is because the feeling is at some point, like you said, they throw this hundred thousand at it, and twenty five thousand of them get killed in six weeks. At some point, there's got to be an oligarch and a few others that are going to stand up and say, "All right, you know what? We can't. First of all, we're sick of being broke, and secondly, this can't go on. We we we, we can't be pariahs to the world." Uh, and even if he leaves, like even if he says tomorrow, we're just going to stay here. We're keeping the south. We want peace. The world's right. not letting him back into it. Right. A coup or cancer seem about the best thing that can happen for Russia. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't think that, again, he's not going to be welcomed back into the international community, nor is Russia. And that's really where this is going. Uh, they're trying to right now keep what 
would been contested areas since 2011, 2014, you know, Crimea, the Donbass region, Luhansk and, and Donetsk. And that's it. Um, they have Kherson. They've destroyed Mariupol. I read something that they're going to take that uh, Mariupol and create a, a resort out of it. The last thing Russia needs is more resort cities. Uh, they needed that steel plant. And first, they first wanted to keep it intact because they needed it to, in order to make equipment for the war, if you can you know, kind of believe that. So, yeah, the world's different. And um, I, I think Russia is going to be lost for a generation here for, for everybody. There's going to be a hard border that's going to get put up between East and West. And, um, and on top of that, you've got China still supporting this and the Indians still supporting Russia as well. So, uh, you know, the battle lines are drawn. I like clarity as an army guy. Clarity is good. We know where the boundary is. We know where the border is. Um, but the world's going to be different. I, I don't know, though. I can't I don't comment on his his uh, his health or whatever the case may be. I think that's just a bridge too far for me, um, I think. But but again, he must have great security around him, because if other than that, somebody should have taken him out by now. Talking to my clients or military analysts, we talk about what's going on over there. Let's talk about the political side of it that has nothing to do in, in, in theory with the, 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 the Russian invasion, but all to do with the Russian political stance and the threats against, not Ukraine, Sweden and Finland joining NATO. Uh, NATO's big hurdle in this isn't Russia. Looks like it's Turkey. Yeah, you know, you asked me this two years ago, I would have said, no way, don't bring either of them in. Uh, that's just worse from the national security perspective. I thought Russia was going to act different. But today, I'd say bring them in tomorrow. And Turkey, this is about money. Let's face it, everybody has a number. And what's Erdogan's number? And his number is, probably starts with an F and ends with a 35. You know, he wants uh, advanced aircraft. Turkey's always been a problematic NATO partner. Okay, Turkey from 50 years ago from when they first joined. However, Turkey has a purpose and Turkey's purpose had always been back then was that link to the Middle Eastern countries because it's Arab state and because a fundamentally Muslim state. It was our back doorway of communicating with Iran back in the 80s. Um, but but again, Turkey is problematic. They bought the SA-400s from Russia for whatever reason. And in some ways, we didn't want to sell them uh, our Patriot missile systems. However, we store nuclear weapons in Turkey, tactical nuclear weapons, cruise missile nuclear weapons in Turkey. Uh, so Turkey will come on the fold, but again, they're just going to want something out of this. Uh, it's too bad that they, they're making it political because given how unified NATO is right now, the fact that the Germans have woken up, the fact that Sweden and Finland both with, you know, turning down 25, 30 years of, of neutrality is amazing, knowing full well um, that uh, Russia could turn around and likely, you know, start attacking in there. Now, again, Finland, 5 million people, Sweden, 10 million people. We're, we're not talking about great countries with with tremendous armies but again both of them are additive and it's a, and i'm glad that they're doing it yeah it's it. apparently tomorrow the finland's been told that all the gas will be shut off tomorrow coming from russia mm -hmm. i think a lot right. of people saw that uh which mm -hmm. is going to add a new twist to all of this stuff especially with the pressures of oil and gas and the in the and the, all the commodities uh mm -hmm. finland and russia don't they're not really best of friends while neutral not mm -hmm. best of pals based on a lot of stuff that's happened in the past, obviously. Right. He right. couldn't open up a second front, could he, and try to do something stupid. He wouldn't be that stupid, would he? Well, the only thing he could do is is use the military in Belarus. And that leader there um, is on a very thin ice as it is. Um, but they have capacity there. Belarus has moved troops towards Latvia for whatever reason. And they're claiming there's an issue there. But but if the Belarus army decides to jump into this now, we're like, again, World War Two type things where another country gets involved. 
then then I, it's problematic. They have uh, they could put 150,000 troops to the to the fin, you know to Finland to the border, come through Russia there, and, and create problems. Uh, the Finns have already defeated the Russians once, the Winter War in 1940, right before World War II, for all practical purposes there. Um, but that's going to be the key. And I, I don't think Belarus gets involved, um, but they're trying they're trying to at least be nice to Russia and hoping that the rest of the world won't be that mean to them when this is all over with. Um, but they, they are a tipping point. If the Belarus, um, if that country decides to get into this fight here, then, um, then, then the whole thing's very much expanded. Got about 30 seconds. Uh, Finland and Sweden's military, what's it like? Uh, squared away. Uh, NATO, same stuff NATO has. Interoperability is not a problem. Good borders. Uh, they come to fight. They, they train hard. They're going to be additive. They're going to spend the two point two percent on the GDP. Um, so that's why they're all in. We've got some bad NATO partners. OK, there's some of them are tripwires. The Baltics are tripwires. Some of them have not. Uh, they've joined NATO and then they kind of sat on their butts for, for the last few years. Um, those two guys will be additive. Those two nations will be additive. Love talking to you, my man. It's always good to get an update. You guys check him out. Uh, Mike Lyons right there, military analyst. Always good to talk to you. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. All right. Calibrate. Rough greens. We talk about, like, supplements, right? We talk about for the healthy stuff. All these things that we talk about in life. But what is it? It's all about getting healthy. One of the things you can't do in life is you can't mess with your genes by trying to change a few things here and there. It's like, if only I go and run an extra 20 miles. If only I don't eat this. Because your body is programmed from the beginning to do what try to keep you alive <laughs> you spend the rest of your life trying to kill yourself in particular when it comes to losing weight that's where calibrate comes in fda approved medication that's going to reset your metabolism so when you start to lose weight it doesn't panic and try to keep you alive by not letting you lose weight because that's what happens and it's amazing over 20 percent of calibrate's earliest members i mean i mean over over the entire time the Calibrate's been going, their earliest members very, very quickly lost 20% of their body weight and are maintaining it. Lifestyle changes? Yes. Big lifestyle changes? No. Moderate real ones. Sustainability. It's incredible. Fits into anybody's schedule. You're going to work with a coach. You're also going to get uh, a medical visit via uh, to the doctor via video. Tons of other amazing things. You will not be disappointed. Do this for yourself. Do this for the health of yourself. Go to joincalibrate.com right now. Save $50 off on a one-year metabolic reset. Joincalibrate.com, $50 off on a one-year metabolic reset. Do that now. Joincalibrate.com. Use code CHAT. Chad Benson Show. Me too. Hashtag immigration reforms. Hashtag help. I'm trapped in a hashtag factory and I can't get out. The Chad Benson Show. That's me, baby. Golf going on this weekend. Super excited about that. Why wouldn't you be excited about that? Love me some golf. One of the things being talked about isn't the fact that Tiger Woods is back. We touched on it a little bit last hour. He's struggling. You could tell yesterday his leg hurt. But no, uh, the cost of certain things, in particular beer. Justin, your tweet yesterday about the concession prices, is that is that something that has been maybe a talk around with you guys in the locker room or something? Yeah, I mean, I just saw it and I was blown away. Um, it was just a bummer. I mean, it's you want 
people to want to come to the tournament. And if I'm on the fence and I'm looking at that concession stand, that's not the greatest thing. But at the same time, people aren't like coming to a tournament to necessarily like, oh, I'm going to go buy a Michelob Ultra. I just was blown away um, because I've never seen a beer $18 or $19 even in my life. Yeah, you're right. Eighteen ninety bucks for beer. Ear. That's crazy. Uh, they said, look, it's sort of comparable to the prices you would get at ball games in stadiums. And I said, ah, they said it's bigger than a normal one, right? You know, uh, it's, you get 25 ounces, so it's kind of like, you know, the tall boys, but still, I think people are blown away by that. Then I, then the other side of it is I'm like, it's freaking golf. It's golf. Cocktails are 19 bucks. Glass of wine run you 13. Water six. Food is eight to sixteen. Last year I went to the uh the, the senior tour, the champions tour, was playing just up the street. Uh every year they play their, their championship here in Phoenix. And I went there and it was a zoo. And I got a hot dog and uh a soda, and I think it was like twenty bucks for a hot dog and a soda wasn't the worst but i expected to pay that you go to those events you expect you go to disneyland you don't think a churro's gonna be 50 cents right no they're gonna charge you what they can and they can get plus inflation so all you gotta say at this point in time inflation if you're missing any of the show grab it you wouldn't want to miss any of the show but if you did check it out mike lyons great interview this this hour and of course uh earlier we you know we've talked about everything from hamburgers to china and everything else. Grab the podcast. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Cello. You guys remember when uh, uh, the nut job attacked Dave Chappelle on uh, on stage, right? And of course, then the woke DA is like, "We're not going to charge him with attempted murder. We're going to make it a misdemeanor." Well, lo and behold. Look, what we're basically doing here with these criminals is when you put your hands on somebody, when you push somebody, when you stab somebody, when you tackle a comedian, we need to pull you out of society. Because if you think that's a good idea, putting your hand, I'm talking about putting your hands on strangers, we can't have a revolving door for that. It's like we have a, a doggy daycare. There's a thousand dogs. Three of them are biting the other dogs, and we send them right back into the general pop each time and expect something different. Yeah. And the reason Adam Kroll is talking about that is because his attacker, Dave Chappelle's, has been charged with attempted murder of his roommate. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Crime is another one of those issues, along with many other issues, that are going to be on the ballot this 
year. And like everything, there is a trickle-down effect. Trickle-down economy doesn't work. I always laugh when people say that. I'm like, well, what works? Because you don't like it that it works in the free market. You want the government to trickle it down because you think the free market's not fair. Thinking that the government will somehow be fairer. But what do you think happens when people who they take from to trickle it down decide they no longer want to be in this position where they have it taken from? Right? And it trickles down. Oh, yeah. What do you think is going to happen? The trickle is going to get smaller. But I talk about this because crime is another issue that is popping its head up. And I'm not talking about what took place Sunday. I mean, Saturday, which was horrific. Which is absolutely horrific in Buffalo. I'm not talking about that. It's about crime across the board. You take away Buffalo this weekend, there were still 130 shootings. I mean, murders, countless shootings across the country. Shooting after shooting after shooting after shooting. People are worried about that. They are. Crime is another one of those things that's kind of, you know, when things were good, I things are good. But then you started getting woke DAs across the country like, you know what? I'm going to stop prosecuting people. Let's see how this goes. It's not going well. And the funny thing is, Democrats are buying guns as fast as Republicans are. Then COVID scared people a bit. Like, uh-oh, is this going to become the walking dead? And then it just went on from there. But people are worried about crime. And you can't have woke DAs saying we're not going to prosecute people. It's insane. It is. Yet another thing that is going to be out there. And that is going to trickle down to the ballot box. Along with inflation, which is always number one. The economy, stupid. And you've got Roe v. Wade. And as much as Roe v. Wade is energy for some people in the Democrat Party, the reality is it's as much energy for the Republicans on top of the fact that they've got energy from everything else. So when you go look at polls, throw out both sides, the left and the right, what you need to focus on is independence. What you need to focus on is the independence because they are the ones who will sway elections and independents right now are not with the democrats independents are not participating in the democratic world they are looking at inflation and look i can look at inflation and say it isn't all biden's fault and if you say it's all biden's fault you are a fool it is not all biden's fault what's biden's fault though is he made the situation worse he knew inflation was company coming and a potential for it was going to arrive, and yet they still continued to print money. First thing he did is he wanted to get rid of the pipeline, but in particular, really clamped down on the oil industry. Yesterday, they were having hearings about the oil industry. While they're passing a don't price gouge baloney thing that's out there, or else... While they're doing that, they're 
asking the EPA, hey, why aren't you cutting mom and pops some slack right now? Why are you cracking down on them even harder in a time where we need this? Afghanistan, a hot mess. It was always going to be a mess. Don't get me wrong. If Trump would have pulled out, it was going to be a mess. Was it going to be a mess to that level? I don't think so. But a mess, sure. I mean, you can go down the line. And then let's get into immigration. Know this Monday or Sunday night at 11.59, Title 42, Monday morning at 12, a minute later, gone. 243,000 people last month. Counters at the border. And they're expecting anywhere between thirteen and 18,000 a day. It all adds up. From woke DAs to, to the insanity of, of, of wokeness across the board to inflation, gas prices, immigration, the geopolitical world that's swirling around, and let's not forget COVID. COVID's not gone anywhere. And it's not going to. I mean, you do understand that. COVID is here to stay. So does the rest of America. And when you look at what people are worried about, COVID isn't on the list very high. Right? It's not. But what is on there when it comes to COVID is the reaction of government. How is government going to react to COVID? Well, if you're in a blue state and you're worried, you don't have anything to worry about at this moment in time, especially if the blue state has some issues when it comes to the potential of a few close elections, whether it be in the Senate or Congress, because shutting down isn't an option at this moment in time. Because if you shut down, people are going to lose their mind. They can't go through it again. So there's a lot playing into this. You start adding it up. And like I said, I can't blame Biden for COVID. I can't blame Biden for pulling out of Afghanistan. I think a lot of us wanted us out there. We didn't have a clear path. If you would have showed us what our path was, maybe you have an argument to stay there. But he didn't listen when they said, we can't do this, the generals. Instead of coming in and trying to bring the the temperature down in the battle of COVID, he started saying, I'm not going to mandate. And the minute he took over, he started mandating. He said on immigration, he said about immigration on the second debate, pathway to citizenship for 11 million people rang the doorbell and then took all, then basically neutered our border patrol. And inflation, a lot of people warned him, don't print any more money. We've given out enough. People haven't even spent what they already have, but he wanted to get out a check too. It all adds up. So while you can't blame him, you can look and say, did you make it better or worse? Every president's going to come in with something. Every president is. And a lot of it's not good, but the reaction to it, that's what matters. And his reaction time is piss. Poor. 
And when he does react, well, it's usually late and it's wrong. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from all of you. Bottom of the hour, Gordon Chang, the man when it comes to China. The man when it comes to understanding what's going on throughout Asia. Biden's over there. A big trip for him. We're going to ask him what's going on with that. Where's President Xi? Because he has been very quiet, and this should be his year to be reelected for a third term and basically president for life. Is that in jeopardy? 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. You tweet at, tweet at us. Rough Greens. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Dr. Dennis Black is the man. He's a naturopathic doctor, Vietnam-era helicopter pilot, and a man who loves animals. This is a guy who's done everything. One of his lives is amazing, let alone all the things he's done, from cancer survivor to being a Green Beret and, and a Ranger. But this is the thing that he looks at as, as a mission. And his mission is to make sure your dogs are healthier and happier, living longer, and saving you money by not taking him to the vet. That's why he created Rough Greens. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369, all this incredible stuff. And my dog Doodle eats it up. Saw my dog Doodle laying there last night and the warm clothes, the, the towels we took out of the dryer. He was out like his light, little tongue sticking out. And I thought to myself, Doodle's loving life and still alive. If you would have told me that three and a half, four years ago, it's never going to happen. But it's rough grades. It's the only thing we change. He wants to give you a bag for free, a two-week jump start. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. You don't have to pay for anything. Ruffgreens.com slash chat. Ruffgreens.com. Dot com slash chat. Try it today. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Get a bag of Rough Greens free. Just cover the cost of shipping. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. I have absolutely no intention of the Democrats not uh, winning the House in November. I think that in terms of our the work that this president has done, and he's been a great president. I don't know about polls. <laughs> he's been a great president. You almost said lose. Of course you guys are totally going to win because of the stuff. And let's not forget abortion. And remember, men, you need to stay out of it. This is a woman's issue. Um, what do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Um, do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant? And have abortions? Yes. So why do we have to stay out of it? <laughs> uh, when can we, when do we have to stop the charade or the charade? Because I've kind of stopped it, you know, I, I, at some point I'm no longer living, you know, gonna gonna let you live your life in this delusion and play a part in it. If you wanted to live it over there and be delusional, zero problems with that. But I am not going to be a part of your your delusion. Men can have babies. No, men can't. A person masquerading as a man can have a baby. 
but men themselves cannot. Okay? And there's more to being a man just uh, than just like there's more to being a woman and going, I'm a woman, I'm a man. There's a lot more to it. But at some point, can we just enough, enough of the charade? Let's listen to that again from apparently the person that talked like this. Um, what do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Um, do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Yes. They can't. They can't. If you put on a cost, so so when I was a kid, I worked at Knott's Berry Farm. And I did a lot of stuff, which is an amusement park. And there was times when they were short characters. And I put on uh, Charlie Brown outfit, you know, with the big head and everything. It was like 300 degrees. You know what I loved about it, though? Got a little quick side note here. You got paid more to do it, and I was really good at it, running around being, you know, wackiness. Secondly... You worked a half an hour, then got a half an hour rest, especially in the summer. They put a little fan inside of there because it was so hot. And I didn't mind it. I was like, cool, I get 30 minutes off. You come off. And it's like, and do, once you were done, it was like you were just inside of a sauna. But I put on Charlie Brown's suit. I'm not Charlie Brown. Because I'm still me and I take the suit off. Right? You wearing, quote unquote, a suit. And saying I'm this, does it make it so? <laughs> it's just insane. My goodness me. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. And I don't care what you live your life like. Knock yourself out. I do not care. Don't hurt people. Be nice. All of those things are true. And I would never do that. But at some point... Don't we, as, as, as grown-ups, have to say to people, look, for all of humanity, minus the last year and a half, this delusion didn't exist. And now it has. And now you're trying to change things like, hey, men can have babies. That is not true. And to say that is true is a lie, and you're doing a disservice to people. But, you know, if you say it like I have, you're just going to get in trouble. I probably will. But I just, at some point, I can't. I can't. I just can't do it. I cannot do it. That's why I continue to say LGBTQ2 plus P for pretend. People out there pretending they want to be cake. I feel like cake. Feelings are not an identity. How do you feel today? I feel like crap. Doesn't mean you're crap. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Gord Chang, the, uh, I think the preeminent voice and uh, when it comes to China and Asia and what's going on. He's going to join the program. It is awesome to have him on. Uh, check it out straight ahead. Chad Benson Show.
Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. There is nobody in the business who knows more about China, the goings-on throughout Asia, than this guy. Uh, Gordon Chang joins us, of course, the author of The Coming Collapse of China, the great U.S.-China tech war. Uh, You can follow him at GordonGChang.com. And Gordon, our president is over there in Asia. We should feel safe that all is going to go well. Not exactly. Um, Two things about Biden's trip. One of them is the administration announced that really this is a trip to counter China. And, And that's a good thing because that's something we obviously need to do. But there's a subtext here, which is the second part of the trip, which the administration does not talk about and does not even want you to think about. You have some very nervous allies, partners uh, in Asia because of the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan and the failure of deterrence over Ukraine. And so this is meant to reassure um, both Seoul and Tokyo and by extension the region that the United States can demonstrate leadership. So far, though, there is real concern about the Biden White House on the other side of the Pacific. Well, yeah, there's a real concern here on this side of the Pacific as well. Uh, Gordon, let's talk about China first and foremost. Let's start there. Xi has been awfully quiet. Of course, this year, what they a lot of people thought he's going to be crowned as president for life. He's going to get his face on the Mount Rushmore of China next to Mao. And yet here we are. They're having issues financially. COVID and the zero policy is wearing on them. Is he in a good place still? I don't think so. Um, yeah, as you point out, he wants his third term as general secretary of the Communist Party, um, and that would be breaking precedent. And that would also mean that he'd eventually get uh, third term as president of the state as well. You know, if you go back to 2017 when everything was going China's way, then Xi Jinping looked like a lock on uh, a third term. But now it's not so clear. And the reason is he is considered to be responsible for everything. And everything is going um, going down the tubes for China. And the Chinese people know it. And that means that the Communist Party is really nervous about Xi Jinping. And it's possible that he won't get his third term. We really don't know. It's a murky system. Um, but right now, I would say, yeah, maybe 55, 45, he gets his third term. Pretty close run thing, though. Talking to Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China, the great U.S.-China uh, tech war, the, the, the best voice of, of reason when it comes to understanding what's going on throughout Asia. So he, we, we, we look at them, you know, their zero COVID policy is not working. We're, they're backed up over there. People are getting frustrated. And I've always said this, Gordon, maybe I'm wrong. You take away people's freedom and you replace them with responsibility like, you know, like a business, house, money, cars that they can they can focus on. It's one thing they can distract them if they have no freedom and then you take away their financial freedom. Well, then they got nothing to lose. You're absolutely right about that. And there is a discontent. There, there was obvious discontent in Shanghai when the city was locked down indefinitely. Um, but we've seen also this in Beijing right now as they're locking people down. And even before this most recent wave of COVID hit, there was a lot of unhappiness in Chinese society because of the reason you mentioned. The Chinese economy was really bad. This translated, for instance, into a very shaky property market. Property market's more important to the Chinese than it is to us. They have The wealthy have about 70% of their um, assets in property, and they treat apartments like uh, currency. 
it's a store of value. So when your store of value goes down or is threatened, things get pretty um, angry. People get pretty angry about this. Yeah, and then he was it last year he started to kind of Maui Maoist the the economy as well, which put people's jobs in jeopardy, and people started again getting frustrated with you're starting to do what you're taking away the the jobs or you're you're cracking down on that and you started to see tech companies laying off people and i think that's really started to alert the communist you know party yes you, you know you put your finger on it um xi jinping first first of all he reveres mao zedong the founder of the people's republic a real real communist a real monster and xi jinping felt strong enough a few years ago to actually start attacking the tech companies and uh, going after private business in general and of course uh, mowing down foreign business so this really was a turning point uh for china and, you know, people really looked at this and said, no, this isn't working. But then you have the COVID-19 and there's something else, Chad, and that is there's worsening food shortages in China. So there's a very unhappy populace right now as they're facing multiple challenges. The Communist Party can hang on because it's so coercive. It's got a total surveillance state. But nonetheless, I'm sure that the top of the Communist Party right now, they're really nervous about their hold on power. His Olympics were, well, they were awful. Uh, and then he throws in with Russia. That, to me, I mean, I, I told everybody, look, Mao probably, I mean, not Mao, but Xi probably looked at Putin and go, I know you're going to invade. Don't do it till after my Olympics. And they, you know, they signed that paperwork. We're best friends. We'll support each other. I don't think that's going over well either because everybody's seeing, man, that Russia's been made a pariah. Do we really want to get in bed with these guys? Yes. You're referring to that 5,000-word statement that was issued on February 4th, which is the first day of the Olympics. Um, there are no-limits partnership. Um, Xi Jinping, according to the New York Times, got Vladimir Putin to postpone the invasion until the Olympics were over, which is a real sign of partnership, by the way. And by the way, it was also very good for Ukraine because it meant that the Russians were attacking full-on in the mud season. Um, but the point here is that you've got China and Russia, they're forming in the new axis. Um, and uh, when we think about Russia, we should think about China as well, as well as vice versa. I look at them and I think to myself, look what Ukraine's doing to, to Russia. Ukraine is, is attacking Russia. I mean, Ukraine's being attacked by Russia, and they're thwarting pretty much most of the efforts. They're, they're defeating them left, right, and center pretty much everywhere in the battlefield. And most of that is civilians who've become soldiers. And, yes, they have some army, but that's a lot of it. I look over at Taiwan. And the, China's got to think, well, we can't go do that. These guys have been preparing for years. They, didn't, they weren't even listening to everybody over in Ukraine. If we attack them, this is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, and I think that the people in Taiwan are rallying themselves because they can see that a small country, which nobody gave any chance to, is now prevailing over the big uh, former superpower. So, yeah, people in Taiwan, they don't view themselves as Chinese. They view themselves overwhelmingly as Taiwanese, which means, yeah, of course, they want good relations with China. So does everybody. But the point is, the people there, they're not going to want to be invaded, and they're going to fight back. And by the way, Taiwan is much better territory to defend than Ukraine, which is a big, wide-open plain. Uh, Taiwan's got a beach. They got a, Chinese got to come across the water. And, by the way, most of Taiwan is mountainous, so it is perfect defender territory. 
What kind of military does China have? It has a, the world's largest military. That's always been true. It's now got a military which is modernizing. Um, it's got some weapons that are better than ours, and we have a lot of uh, American presidents to thank for that. Um, but uh, the problem is China doesn't have, I think, an effective military because uh, it's got uh, it's a, a communist army. It's got two lines of control, command. That never works. And also... They, they got a lot of new shiny weapons, but they probably can't maintain them, and they just never have operated a land-sea um, air operation. So this is, this is not a good military for them, in a sense, but they're going to use it. I mean, the signs we've had over the last week are that these guys want to go to war, and they're going to do it pretty soon. So we've got to be deterring them, and Biden right now just does not understand the danger of uh, China posing to the United States, Taiwan, and others. Talking to Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S. Tech War. Uh, follow him at uh, Gordon G. Chang. Uh, Biden's over there, and uh, as he's over there, he's going to, you know, Japan, South Korea. But there's a North Korea. They've got a COVID problem, and God only knows what that really looks like. But he's rattling his saber again, and he's, you know, testing left, right, and center and that that country again is is so just weird is the best way to describe it i always tell everybody it's a cult it's not a country you're right it is a cult that that is really perceptive the kim family uh, starting with kim il-sung who founded north korea it is a cult um and and people there believe the craziest things that the kim family are gods and that uh, the kims can bend time and space and you know they can do anything they want now a- after three generations um kim jong un the current ruler is not considered as godlike but kim il sung was considered to be god and it that's a cult this is jamestown only worse yeah that's scary that's scary What's the impact uh, right now with all that's going on? You know, Biden's over there. He's shaking hands. He's glad and he's trying. You and I talked a little bit earlier. He's trying to reassure everybody. But the economic side of things, you know, China and us right now, whether we want to believe it or not, we're kind of somewhat tied at the hip uh, as we're trying to break away from some stuff. We still have tariffs. We're going to keep them. We're not going to keep them. I mean, I it's. I would like to get everybody out of there, but we know that's not going to happen uh, because, you know, Americans and capitalism, they love money. Yeah. Um, and Biden wants to lift the tariffs that President Trump imposed in 2018 under Section 301 of the Trade Act of 1974. Those tariffs should remain in place. They're meant to be a remedy for the theft of intellectual property. China's been stealing more uh, than it was in 2018. Um, so if Biden is going to lift those tariffs, and he needs to tell us how he's going to protect our IP, which means protecting our future. And so far, he hasn't done that. He has these crazy, Biden has these crazy notions of what causes inflation. We've seen this from the president's own tweets, which whether you like the president or not, his tweets are nonsensical from an economic point of view when, when he discusses economics. So he should keep the tariffs in place and he should stop tweeting um, nonsensical things about the economy. <laughs> You think he's going to stop tweeting nonsensical things? Once people get Twitter, you know this. Sometimes that's all that comes out of their mouth and their fingers. Come on, Gordon. Let's let's be real here. Uh, last question. Love having you on again, people. This guy. Follow him if you want to learn about what's going on in China, what's going on throughout Asia. This is the voice here. Uh, you can follow me at Gordon G. Chang. Let's talk about a year from now. 
where are we sitting when it comes to relations with China? Have we is is the non you know the COVID zero real? Is that going to stick in place, or are we going to still be stuck in a hell of 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 broken supply chains and this weird relationship? The supply chains will be more broken than they are now because we're not feeling the full effects of what's going on in China. China's going to maintain a zero COVID policy because Xi Jinping, um, that's his policy, and he can't allow adjustment of it. Um, you know, the Chinese officials would like to move away from it because they know that it doesn't work. But nonetheless, this is intensely political. And, you know, where the Chinese are with regard to Taiwan and other things, I'm really worried. We saw this reporting yesterday that the Communist Party is trying to sanction-proof its senior officials by having them divest their foreign assets. The only reason they would do that is because they're planning to go to war. Last question. I lied. That was not the last one. This one. If Xi is gone, who's his predecessor? Who's the person that's coming in that's going to take over for them? And is there a moderate that we could look out for, or is there going to be somebody? Because you never know who's behind, right? The next one could be even worse. Yeah. Yeah. the next person probably could be worse. Um, or there could be nobody. And, and you could have the military come in and establish martial law. You know, in the Communist Party, there are so-called moderates like Li Ka-chung, the premier. Um, but, you know, they're, they're communists, and they believe in the destruction of the United States, all of them. So whether they're moderates or liberals or just out-and-out fanatics like Xi Jinping, they're all dangerous to the U.S., Gordon, love having you on, my man. Uh, follow him at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Uh, his books are amazing. And uh, you, uh, once again, bring bring sense and reality to what's going on over there. Appreciate you having on. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on. So thank you. Thank you. Gordon Chang right there. And if you guys missed any of that, grab the podcast. At Chad Benson Shows, your Twitter, C-H-A-D-P-E-N-S-O-N. Car Shield. You know, inflation's where it's at. Uh, you're seeing money's going to get more expensive. Uh, and there's, yes, still issues when it comes to supply chains. How do you protect yourself when it comes to your vehicle? Car shield, car shield, car shield. Uh, first of all, 24-7 roadside assistance, no matter where you are in the country, right? So you get that. So roadside assistance. You get to pick the shop that you take your car to, no matter where you are in the country, and they're going to get them paid directly into the paperwork, all that stuff. You pay a small deductible. You're going to get, ro- besides the roadside assistance, you're going to get rental car covered for free and even trip reimbursement. That's pretty awesome. Over a million drivers have trusted CarShield. Why not be one of them today? Don't get yourself in a position where you have to make a decision about purchasing a new vehicle with prices going up. Don't. Protect yourself. Protect your car. Protect your wallet. Yeah. Get yourself a CarShield. Go to CarShield.com slash Benson or call 800-391-8888. 800-391-8888. When you do, you'll lock in your price forever and you'll save an extra 10 percent on your plans plans start as low as 99 dollars a month call 800-391-8888 or go to carshield.com slash benson to save 10 percent a deductible may apply chad benson show you stink like fear and white male privilege to me I do often out myself verbally as a gender. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm proud to be a gender. Are you stupid? <laughs> Ruben! What? Are you kidding me? Not a great way to use your white privilege. Some people get it. Some people don't. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. You guys know I've got 
other things I do business wise. My uncle and I put together stuff, and uh, uh, my uncle is king nerd, right? Horror movies, sci-fi, all of that stuff. Like biggest troll in the world too, which is hilarious. Except he has a weakness. I laugh about it almost on a daily basis. I asked him yesterday, what are you doing? He says, Chad, it's Thursday night. I'm going to the movies. And I said, I knew you were. What are you going to see? It's been three long years since the last Downton Abbey movie, but the wait is over. Have you told them, Lady Grantham? She's told us nothing. Today, you'll learn everything with Downton Abbey, a new era, only in theaters, streaming this weekend. Tip! Dale? Chippendale Rescue Rangers is a Roger Rabbit-style revival of the early 90s TV show starring the voices of Andy Samberg and John Mulaney. Rosie Perez heads a bilingual ensemble cast in the Apple TV Plus murder mystery Now and Then. Peacock explores the mystery of the famous for being famous blonde bombshell Angeline, and HBO celebrates George Carlin with the new documentary Downton Abbey I have never seen a Downton Abbey and I pride myself on that I've also never seen a Game of Thrones <laughs> for all the I love dragons monsters and Vikings I never seen any of that either because everybody told me I had to see it so then you know me I'm like no and I just didn't it was never I just never had the time I'll probably watch it one day not Downton Abbey I just find it hilarious that he like he's like oh, Chad, you just don't understand. There was a whole season where basically the king was coming to lunch, and the backstabbing of the staff, and who could set a better place settings, and it, it it was hilarious. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. Good for you. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Check out the program. If you miss any of the program and you missed especially that just riveting and amazing interview with Gordon Chang talking about what's going on in China and Asia, there is nobody who gets it, I think, more than that guy and who understands the risk of what's happening over there. And uh, check out the podcast because it was I could talk to him for a long time about that. And I really wanted to get into something deeper about the intellectual property and the theft that China does, not just to us, but all of the world. And we just didn't have time. Uh, we'll probably have one again soon. Uh Check it out. Podcast. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.